Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Wicked Side. This is Brenna. Hey, everybody, it's Tom. And uh, we just wanted to issue a trigger warning. As always, the things we talk about get a little dark, a little distressing, and a little depressing. So if this isn't your flavor of entertainment, you might want to find something else. But if it is, thank you for joining us. We appreciate having you. We'll see you on The Wicked Side. Bye. Hello, everybody. Welcome to The Wicked Side. This is Brenna. Hey, everybody. It's Tom. <laughs> and we're back again. And we're back live this time. Yeah, we've actually, uh, while we record the podcast, we've also got a live going on Instagram. So anybody can, you know, join and watch. Uh, we might try doing this a couple times to see, you know, how it goes. It means you guys get access to the uh, episodes almost two weeks in advance. And, you know, we have uh, a little fun. But, uh, yeah, otherwise, my... Okay, too much info probably, but my boobs are on fire right now. <laughs> For it's I, all the traumatized Instagram audience. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, the listeners on the podcast, too, they're like, what the fuck did you do to your boobs? And I'm, no, I got I got my chest tattoo done finally, and it is in the itching phase, so it feels great. I mean, and it's a hell of a piece. It's 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 gorgeous. It's large she, she and in charge. It. She did a great job. Oh yeah, no, she did fantastically. It's just yeah. enormous. It is. It's very big, and I like it. <laughs> Obvious joke about big things. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm not gonna talk about. Your, Tom's like, shut up. I'm just not gonna do that. That's fair. That's. Fair. I even said we were joking about it earlier. I'm not closely inspecting that tattoo. No, I'm just no. <laughs> But the, her look looks fantastic from here. The art, I mean, the line work, it's it's amazing. This is as close <laughs> as I'm willing to scrutinize it. Yep. Oh, shit. So, yeah, I went around today and I, uh, or not today, but when I did the research for this, and I, and I tried to find somebody that I think would be really interesting, someone that I think you would really like. Okay. And um, I think I found somebody that you're really going to enjoy being. Oh, okay, fun. Yes. I like this. Let's inhabit somebody. Okay, now um, just uh, I'm just gonna issue a warning up front. Okay? okay, you're French. A lot of the names are French. I'm gonna <laughs> I am gonna mispronounce and butcher names left and right and left and right and it's gonna Ugh. it's gonna. The verbal leave. serial killer strikes again. I know. I'm gonna do my damn best though. So. <laughs> That's that's all I can promise is that I will be my doing. F- my favorite yes. episodes are where the most killing happens Shut when you up. pronounce things. It's <laughs> so mean. It's my okay. favorite. Oh man. Oh. Anyway, just to dive right in, uh, for today's historical figure, Tom, we have a few problems that sometimes crop up when researching anything historical. We have a problem with documentation about you. Okay. Some things like your date of birth have to be estimated. We also are not sure who your mother is. Unfortunately, her name's just been lost to time. I mean, I am the man, the myth, the legend. <laughs> it would make sense that my origins are uh-huh, uh-huh. enshrouded in, in mystery. It doesn't mean we have no reliable documentation on you. We actually have quite a bit. Um, it's just some things we just don't know, you know. The Were story, they somewhere, however, like, written, they found them in the Holy Grail, and that's where my origin story begins? No. Oh. Uh, it turns out you actually have a lot of court documents, dear. Oh, jeez. All right. <laughs> yep. That's super. I've been sued a few times. Woo! <laughs> yep. 
But um, despite like the gaps that we have, it's still a really cool story. The things we do know are crazy interesting. So it's just too badass a story not to tell. So what we do know is you were born a female somewhere near Paris around 1670. Oh, I'm the woman, the myth, the legend. Mm-hmm. Oh, you hell are, yes. You are. So we're taking you further back in our time machine today. So I apologize in advance, folks. Like uh, I said, there's a lot of French pronunciations on this one. So <laughs> I will be butchering it. I am so sorry. <laughs> and if we have anybody, any listeners from France... I'm sorry. When you're the worst serial killer on the episode. I might not have to bring out the whiskey. We might just be able to stick with, stick with the super dark coffee. Oh, Call it's it a so day. so good. It yeah, is, hey, French press. Really, really I good. F- hand ground. I feel good about this stuff. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I was excited just to share it with you when you got here. It's good It's good coffee. Hey, the dudes at Campfire Tales. Hi, guys. What's up? Oh, Campfire Tales. I fuck. Oh, I love them. I love you guys. Yes. <laughs> oh, man, that was such a fun interview. <laughs> oh, what was it? I just saw um, somebody was trying to come up with a, a like a gender neutral term for like sisters from another mister, things like that. And they came up with besties from other testes. All right. <laughs> I'm like, it's brilliant. I, I love like it. it. <laughs> but are you the lefty or the righty? That's the question. Uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> not answer. That's loaded. So. <laughs> Yeah, testes usually are. <laughs> if you're going to walk you. into it, I'm going to... Oh I, I mean, I'm sorry I had to use that joke on you, but... You're not. You're not sorry. Don't I, lie. I, no, 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 no. <laughs> I, I really am. If I have to mention, mention anatomy around you, it's weird. It's weird. <laughs> Your boobs, male genitals, whatever. It doesn't matter. You're a Barbie doll as far as I'm concerned. Oh, my God. One of my... um. Uh, somebody suggested like using this lotion that to help the itching phase and like I put it on and I'm like oh my god bless you but like I hope you always have a charger on hand when you need it I hope your favorite shoes are always on sale I hope your favorite jeans never wear out in the thighs I hope your socks are comfy (laughs) may you forever have good things because wow (laughs) oh that's Uh, super but uh, it's yeah I love it though so. so, anyways, you were butchering yeah. French names or about yes, to I'm butchering or, uh, French apologizing names. Yeah. for about to? Yep. <laughs> As I said before, your mother's name was lost to time. However, we can speculate that she may have died uh, when you were born. There's a notable absence of any kind of documentation about her. So, it does tend to kind of point more toward her dying at your birth. So, okay. Um, uh, yet again, the Wicked Side selects another, you know, representative with dead parents. Yep, yep. We do know your father's name. Gaston D'Aubigny. And again, apologize. And you know I just want to break into like, no one, <laughs> you know, blanks like Gaston. No I one. know. Come on. I was terrible. Sorry, Disney, please don't sue time, me. But... Please don't. Oh, my God. <laughs> I didn't mean to. Were you fucking poor? What did they want? Your action figure collection? I know, right? <laughs> uh, the camera is literally sitting amongst it. It's not that big. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, there's some cool action figures there. But... Hey, look, that, that like, Batman one, is, uh-huh. we got that, like, limited. That was fun. That was That just, is cool. That was a cool one to get. That, that's one of my favorites. We also know that he was a secretary to a man named Louis de Lorraine, also known as the Count de Armanac. Armanac. Again, I, I'm going to butcher it. It's It's very French. Who helped a who held a prominent position in the court of King Louis the Fourteenth? So your uh, father was nobility, 
but he was a fairly low-ranking noble. It's also said he was known to be a bit of a ladies' man and a master swordsman. He would pass those traits down onto you. Nice. Mm-hmm. I shall swing the sword. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't, not sure if it's in spite of your father's low ranking or perhaps because of it, but you receive a pretty decent education at court. You actually attend classes with the king's pages and learn quite a few subjects that would have been unusual for a woman to learn at the time. You learn how to read, write, draw, and dance. Your father also insisted you learn how to fight with a sword, although it could be due to the dueling culture surrounding France at the time, despite the fact it was illegal. It happened... Kind of a lot. Did so. it? <laughs> yep. I mean, wasn't Romeo and Juliet set in the French aristocracy? Mm-mm, Italy, honey. Verona. Was it Italy? Yeah, okay. Verona, Italy. All right, Ver- there you go. In the Ver- <laughs> city of Verona. There you go. Whatever, so my fucking English lit is off. That's all right. It's also possible he saw potential in you and refused to let it go to waste. Whatever the case may be, it's believed you started learning around the age of 12. Jeez. Yeah. All right, Arya Stark. And were possibly even instructed by some of the best masters at the time. So again, this I'm Arya Stark. I already guessed it, right? <laughs> Not quite. Go on. They did list names in the article, uh, but to spare you and my listeners my abysmal attempts at pronouncing their names, I've opted to refrain. <laughs> oh, now you give up? That's no, I'm, fucking I am great. I'm completely throwing in the towel on this. I, no shame. <laughs> I don't even feel any shame. <laughs> But from what we know, while women learning the sword wasn't completely unheard of, the fact that you only fought with other males in your class on equal footing and easily bested them was. But you were described as being light and agile while having strong arms and legs and strong wrists. So if you want to wax poetic about it, seems like you were born to hold a sword. Nice. Yeah. It's also said that you were a lovely child who grew into a lovely adult. Descriptions of you say you had large blue eyes, pale, clear skin, and good teeth, which is apparently a very big deal then. Hell Uh, yeah, it was. Yeah. And uh, chestnut brown hair that was very healthy. You were also on the slender and small side. You were estimated to have been about five foot to five feet three inches. And if the conversion calculator I used was correct, it's around 160 centimeters. Okay. Here we Um, go. Unfortunately, sometime between the ages of 13 to 17, the age varies depending on my sources. Your father's boss decided to take you as a mistress. Uh, well, gross. That, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's gross. Wow. Yeah. Huh. And it's unknown if your father supported this, but either way, he wouldn't have had much of a choice or been able to do much about it. Uh, it was his boss, so... Well, that's fucking unfortunate. Yeah. It's also believed that it it was shortly after this that your father passed away. So Oh, that's even better. Double unfortunate, yeah. Wow. This is gross on so many disturbing levels. Now that now all the parents are dead, right? Mm-hmm. Oh jeez. Yeah. Now, now the story begins. Yeah. After two years you were married off to a man named Gene Mompin, who was described as being a mild man, which is code for easy to manipulate and control. Okay. It's possible the marriage was only there to cover up an added air of respectability to your situation be, or just because he was bored and didn't want to deal with you anymore. It's hard to add any kind of layer of respectability, though, when your mistress, in air quotes, is a literal child. So, yeah. No shit. Either way, not long after, Moppin was sent off to work for the country's tax services. Oh, of course. Which happened to be very far away, and you stayed behind in Paris. Oh, wow. Yeah. <sighs> yep. 
You didn't have much in the way of supervision after this, especially without your father. So what's a young buddy master of the sword to do with their time? Well, you fall madly in love with a sword's master. You run away together. And uh, apparently you had a thing for bad boys. This sounds like the start of an anime. It really does. Why do we always end up saying that? <laughs> We've said that before. Because and I've said, I, I will say this so many times, history is so much stranger. It is so, You're not wrong. so much weirder than anything we can create in our heads. You are not wrong. <laughs> but you and your new beau had some rough waters ahead. Now, there are two versions of the story here. One... Either Count Asshole convinced the local sheriff into harassing your lover and into leaving and became enraged. <laughs> he cut up the whiskey. <laughs> you never know. Oh, God. Are you, pre- you preemptively preempting? Yes. <laughs> oh, God. Must have all my drinks. The, I, I would For be... one, the coffee's going to run out in a minute. Yeah. For two, that's, sh- that's whiskey. Oh. All right. All right. Where was I? Okay. So there are, like I said, there are two versions of the story. Either um, Count Asshole convinced the local sheriff into harassing your lover into leaving and then became enraged when you said peace out and left with him. Or there's version two, which claims that your lover killed a man in a duel that took place behind a church. Oh, geez. Either way, it ended up with the two of you fleeing. Yeah, get the fuck out of Dodge. Yeah. To a town called... And again, I apologize in advance. Marseille, I believe. M A R C E I L L E. Just be happy this isn't Prussia. Somebody's boyfriend oh, would have been yeah. out there getting their head cut off. Shit, no, no. Mm, yeah. The reference to last episode, folks. Yeah. It was said that your lover claimed he had property. Uh, unfortunately for both of you, no one south of Paris, well, fortunately for both of you, pardon me, no one south of Paris gave a flying fuck. But this is a very transformative time for you. You see, while you two were on the run, you dressed in men's clothing. And from then on out, you wore them frequently. It seemed you had no trouble passing as a man, in part due to your athletic figure, and in part due to being raised around males, so you had a natural ease. Okay. Nice. Yeah. If you didn't have too many feminine influences, I imagine, yeah, you're going to, like, your mannerisms are going to be more masculine than, you know. Right. Yeah. However, you didn't always pass as a male. You would put on fencing shows at taverns for money, where you made it known despite how you dressed, you were in fact a lady. You did this because it turns out Loverboy was lying about having property. Lol. Yeah. So you had to find a way to earn some coin and some shelter. You also sang, because you both had very nice singing voices, you uh, actually get, you know, known for this. Okay. Yeah. There's a rather infamous story, however, of someone heckling you and claiming that you had to be a man because a woman couldn't be that good with a sword. Oh. So, <laughs> you pulled open the front of your shirt and flashed the whole tavern. Nice! Well, look at these! <laughs> and I can only, like, imagine that, like, he would go out and tell his friends and then, like, more men would come to the tavern and, like, yeah, you're, you're a dude. And then just wait. Right. <laughs> like, I don't believe it! Show me the goods. <laughs> How do you know what I'd be doing? Uh, just hoping to see some boobies, you know? <laughs> um, yeah. There isn't anything in my resources to back that up. That's just me speculating on human nature. <laughs> That's a fair speculation, to be fair. <laughs> 
It turns out, however, that your singing was so good that you figured you might even be able to make a career out of it. As it happened, you were in the right place because this town had the Mar- Marseille Academy of Music. You auditioned for one of the school's founders and were admitted to the school after that. Now, nice. um, and on an interesting note, you couldn't read music. So you had to rely upon your memory for how it should sound. Wait, isn't this the plot of Drumline? Um, <laughs> I don't know. I actually haven't seen Drumline. But yeah, I guess it was actually pretty common at the time. Like most singers couldn't read. So okay. you had to well. rely on your memory. They say you have a mezzo-soprano voice. And if you're not sure what that sounds like, you want to think like Beyonce, Miley Cyrus, Lady Gaga, Pink, Adele. According to a few videos that I briefly watched on the subject i'm by no means an expert so if i'm very wrong you know feel free to tell me off in the comments or anything like that but yeah so it's a lower register for female voice okay but you can still go soprano if you need to it's in the arsenal okay Mm -hmm. nice Mm -hmm. yep anyway uh you began performing in a variety of roles and enjoyed a measure of success but drama never seemed to be too far behind you now you wearing men's clothing drew you quite a female following Maybe some of them thought you really were a man, or maybe they were just drawn to a more masculine presenting woman. Either way, this is when you discovered your bisexuality. Apparently, (laughs) over your former swordmaster, I mean, hey, the the dude did lie to you, so. You fell madly in love with a young woman named Cecily, Cecilia, pardon me. um, (laughs) (laughs) Shut up. Portugali. And apparently neither of you was shy about the romance because her parents actually shipped her off to a convent to separate you two and avoid a public scandal. Oh, geez. Yeah. In another grand gesture, you temporarily abandoned the opera and pretended to be someone seeking to becoming a nun to rescue her. The story goes that you and your girlfriend began planning her escape right away. And I'm shocked there's still not a movie about this because... um, it gets wild. Oh boy, here we yeah. go. Yeah, which you which you did seems like it comes straight off a silver screen. You dug up the body of a dead nun. Uh, okay. Yeah, you put her in your girlfriend's chambers in her bed, and then you set the whole fucking room on fire. Oh wow. Mm-hmm. Um. Yep. <laughs> this is like the what's what's the Whoopi Goldberg one where she. Uh, uh, the second one's back. Sister Act. Sister Act. Yeah. Yeah. This is like, you know, (laughs) medieval Sister Act. Yep. You were hoping that the nuns would then, like, think that the the body was hers, and then they would report back to her parents that she was dead, but you were found out. And it turns out the crown took a rather grim view of you setting fires in a convent. (laughs) And you were tried while you and her were still on the run. So you were tried in absentia. Okay. Now, court records discuss you as if you were a man, and it's largely believed that her family had them altered to protect their family from scandal and you know this whole scandal of their daughter having a same-sex affair. Okay. Yep. That's worth drinking over. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> it seems, however, the dramatic love affair was not made to last, and your relationship fell apart. She eventually had to return to her family, and you continued your life on the run, Going back to your skill with a blade and your ability to sing to make some coin. Oh, here. Oh, no, you. There you go. There. Oh, God. Very nice. Very nice. 
And since drama was sort of the name of the game for you, you couldn't stay out of trouble long. Eventually, you got into a tavern brawl with three men. Some versions say you fought them all at the same time. Others say you fought them uh, one-on-one. So either way, you ended up winning, pinning one of them to a wall and effectively ending the duel. Yeah, this sounds like the continued adventures of Arya Stark. <laughs> like, I saw this scene, and didn't the mountain, like, talk about eating the dude's chicken and shit? Come on. <laughs> he didn't learn until the next day that his opponent was actually a woman, and you learned his daddy was a duke and his mommy a duchess. His name was Louis Joseph de Albert de Lunas. Oh, wow. Okay. Nice. Yep, yep, yep. You swung yep. right through that one, too. Uh, but you went to the inn where he was recovering and nursed him back to health. During this time, the two of you fell in love, because of course you did. And uh, as soon as he was sealed, unfortunately, he received orders. He had to join the uh, German army. Oh, boy. Unlike most of your lovers, though, after the two of you parted ways, you would occasionally find your way back to one another. And this sort of relationship continued until the day you died. Oh. So, yeah. Well, on and off. Hey, how you doing? Yeah. Yeah. So you guys continue to have a bond. Um yeah. Both of you did have other lovers, of course, but hey, open relationships, you know, had It'd be to be like a thing that. in the 1600s, too, so. I'm sure they were a lot less defined than they are now. Yeah, well, I'm sure, like, if you were a certain status, you could do whatever the fuck you wanted, you know? Yeah, and nobody cared. for that. So. As you seem to have a talent for finding interesting people, you found yourself next in the company of an older musician and uh, a very French name. I just very French name. I'm not sure how to say it. He was determined to make you an opera star, however, and he realized how very talented you were. Not he even worked with try. you rigorously. No, not even. No, gonna give another shot. Come on, <laughs> our audience needs to hear you try. They need to hear you try. Come on, you guys want to hear it? I hate your face. So much you, right you've now. got to. I think. I think, and I have. I have it written here, but I think it's Marichal. Okay. M a r e c h a l. And that's the only name he's known by. Like, we don't know if it was, like, you know, Beyonce and he just had, like, one name. Or if, you know, they, they just lost his name to history. Fair enough. I so. just d- failed he deserved the same disrespect you've shown every other person. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Eventually you left, though, because he was an alcoholic. And you hey. hit the road yet again. But this time you had a goal. For better or for worse, your time with him gave you a direction. And you were determined to follow it. Okay, well, that's something. Mm-hmm. So you set off toward the Paris Opera, and of course, along the way, you find yourself another lover, because of course you did. This time, he was a young bass baritone singer, the son of a baker from Orleans, named Gilbert Vincent, and his last name, I'm not sure I'm going to try my best, The Vineyard. I mean... You did end up making it to Paris together. You see, there's still a little matter of the warrant you had, however. Though. I, she's wanted... Wanted dead or alive. Yeah. You had to deal with that. So you decided the best way would be to confront the creepy count himself. After charming him into helping you, you, he went to the king on your behalf. And his majesty was so impressed with the size of your massive brass balls that he pardoned you. Hell yeah. (laughs) Hell yeah. Yep. Got that massive set of brass chesticles. Uh Uh-huh. Holding it up. (laughs) Now, to secure your spot in the opera... Well, apparently, you didn't quite cut the mustard yet. While Thernard was uh, guaranteed a place in the chorus right away, you convinced him and the creepy count, and possibly a few others of your friends okay. who you'd made in theater throughout the time, to help you out. Yay, I got buddies! Yeah. 
Through them, you were able to contact the king's superintendent of music, because apparently that was a job. Yep. They did this by having you perform for a boy soprano, who would actually later become um, a pretty famous composer himself, named Francis Bouvard. And he passed your name to the superintendent, who was looking for someone for a very specific role. He needed a female warrior to play Athena, and as luck would have it, he found the female and the warrior and the singer and you. Nice. (laughs) Hell yeah. Yeah. Busy. Menage toi. Mm-hmm. Triple threat, man. Hey. <laughs> you impressed all of them and were made an official member of the Paris Opera. The opera you were in, based off of, mostly they were based off of, like, Roman mythology. They were big epics, romances, things like that. It seemed you couldn't do anything in half measures. The Paris Opera that you were part of performed Tuesdays, Thursdays, Fridays, and Sundays. And to, even, to add even more pressure, you weren't performing in just any old place. Oh, no, you were performing at the Duke of Orleans, the king's brother, his palace. Oh, wow. Yeah. You played comedic roles and dramatic ones and were known to uh, have made your big debut in the world of theater, December of 1690. Hmm. And you were instantly a hit. They would even adjust parts written for Sopranos to your lower register. Now, something else that I found really, really interesting is theater then is not like theater now. It's not like, you know, you sit, you watch it, and things like that. You were performing, but people were milling around, walking, talking amongst themselves, things like that. And it was very, very common to heckle the performers. Oh, wow. Oh, nice. Yeah. Opened up for the criticism. Mm-hmm. Yep. She sounds like the like precursing founding member of the Hellfire Club is what she sounds like. <laughs> yeah. Now, the Paris Opera had its share of bad boys. And while you seemed to go for this type, there was an exception. A man who was a popular tenor. But he was also rude, vulgar, and would brag about his conquest to anyone who would listen. He was also very intimidating to most people. But you, my dear, were not most people. So when he tried to shtick with you, it fell flat. (laughs) And when he began calling you vulgar names, apparently guys back then didn't get to hide behind a keyboard, you retaliated. The only reason the incident didn't turn violent was because bystanders intervened. (laughs) Yeah. Thus saving the man's testicles from severe trauma. You are not wrong. She definitely seems like the kind that is like, I will kick you in the balls and ask questions later. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. (sighs) Oh, but you weren't going to let it slide. You whose father was a swords master. You who grew up in the palace surrounded by the best swordsmen of France. You who ran from the only life she ever knew to become a traveling performer and then an opera star. Oh, no, this piece of trash was not going to get away with it. So later that evening, you dressed in men's clothes, and perhaps he'd never seen you in in them, you know? Okay. Because you get to think you're probably mostly in opera costuming, things like that. Yeah. Uh, Because he assumed you actually were a man. Oh, nice. When you listed his crimes and challenged him, he begged for mercy, but none was found. Not to put too fine a point on it, pun intended, but you beat the brakes off of him with a cane. (laughs) <laughs> then in a final insult, you stole his watch and his snuff box. Give me your fucking smokes and your goddamn watch. <laughs> Fuck you. Get out of here. Get yep. Out. Of course, cowards are going to coward. And the next day, he <laughs> told everybody in the opera company that he had been beaten and robbed by three men. Of course. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. However, you were there, and you revealed to the entire group that he, in fact, had not been beaten by three men, but by one woman. Nice. Drive that in. (laughs) 
to prove it, you showed everybody his watch and his snuff box. <laughs> nice. I got your shit to prove it, bitch. Take it from me. Come here. <laughs> Apparently, being humiliated and laughed at didn't set well with his ego because he ended up running away. While no you shit. basked in the adulation of your fellow performers, who were more than just a little sick of him. No shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is something else. Uh, I'm a bad bitch, I'll tell you that much. Yes, you are. <laughs> Take a shot for that. The baddest of bitches. Insult me, I will beat you with a... I will make you tell people it was more than one person. <laughs> you weren't the only wild child in the opera, however, and eventually <coughs> the king issued codes of conduct for the opera company because it became such a problem. Nice, the fucking opera singers, performers are fucking rowdy. You know, yep. That's... So he he issued his code of conduct, and you all promptly ignored it. Of course we did. Fuck that. (laughs) You went from lover to lover, male and female alike, and around 1696, your rock star lifestyle began to spin a bit out of control. Yeah, nobody puts bye, baby, in the corner. Let's go. Mm -hmm. It peaked when you crashed the Duke of Orleans ball, dressed as a man, and began aggressively hitting on a young noblewoman, who did not want your attentions. Oh, it took three men, all of whom were suitors of hers, to get you to back off. But you couldn't let this slide, apparently, and maybe a little drunk, just speculation on my part, or just plain arrogant, you challenged the three men. You left the ball to go to a nearby park where you started dueling. One at a time, you beat them all. Some reports say you severely injured the men, others say you actually killed them. Either way, the smart thing to do would have been to leave and go home and lay low for a while. But you didn't do that. Instead, you went back to the ball, told the Duke that there were three men in the park who were going to need medical assistance, and told them it was your fault. Oh, then wow. you also marched up to the young noblewoman and demonstrated a very cruel streak by telling her exactly what happened to the men who had stood up for her. Nice. Yeah. Fuck those pussies. I fucking beat their ass. Yeah. This, of course, was brought to the attention of the king, and apparently you were just very lucky, because he was incredibly entertained by your continuous display of the giant brass balls, and he claimed the law didn't cover female duelers at the time and left it at that. Nice. Yeah. You get the little exception. One of the few times in that era that being a woman was in your favor. Right. Sensing the tension in the air and a little afraid the king would change his mind, you decide to relocate to Brussels for a bit. Probably a smart idea. Don't uh, use up all your excuses. Right. Yeah, probably. All right, I gotta take a drink. This coffee is so damn good. I know it is. I know it is. It's even, it's it's cooled down quite a bit, but, oh, the flavor. It's delish. It is. It is. Hey, the whiskey's pretty good. Want to try that? <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Woo-hoo-hoo. That's that gas. That'll put some chest on your chest. Damn. Yep. That'll put oh. chest on your chest, put oh. hair on that chest. Fuck. <laughs> if you get that on a cut, it will hurt. Uh, no, I just tapped my chest. Oh, I was about to say. If you, <laughs> Forgetting I had a fresh tattoo If there. you dribble any of this on there, you're going to run it. Oh, it's, yeah, that it's would hurt like a mm. I mean, it's 126 proof. It's beyond flammable. <laughs> so once there, you again joined a theater. At this time, there was it was governed by Duke. Duke Maximilian II Emmanuel. Diplomatic relations had led had led to the French king lending him some of France's musicians, actors, and dancers. Okay. You joined up and quickly became one of Maximilian's favorites. She seems to be favored wherever she goes. Yeah, I, I have a I, just again speculation, but 
to me, it seems like she was one of those big magnetic personalities. You yeah. know, that people it like either to... goes real, real right with or she tortures that shit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That people either, like, were just drawn to and, you know, the kind of the magnetic thing. And I think you kind of have to be to be a performer. Yeah. You know, you, you kind of need that special sauce there, so... Especially in that kind of performance. Yeah, especially in that environment Big, back in the day. bold, loud, no no amplification. All the mm-hmm. everything you do is your own level of energy and your own you know voice and everything. It's yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. So of course you also started boinking him. Oh, I mean, <laughs> fuck yeah, that's par for the course at this point. Yeah, he was as bad as you, however, and eventually found himself a ballerina, which upset you. It upsets you so much that you ended up stabbing yourself on stage while performing a suicide scene. Oh, jeez, that's a touch dramatic. Just a touch. Just just a little bit. <sighs> Despite being embarrassed by your behavior, however, he returned to you after his ballerina hooked up with someone else. But he left again after he got a woman pregnant and tried to pay you off. You didn't take that well, and literally threw the money back at him. Some say you aimed for the crotch. (laughs) You did finally take some of the money, though, far less than you had originally been offered. You may or may not have gone to Spain for a while, but eventually you were forced to try to return to Paris. There is a popular story about you during this time, and I'm going to preface it with, we don't know if this is legend or if it's true. Okay. It's kind of one of those things where, like, it's kind of one of those things where at this point you were just such a huge, like, legendary character that anybody could have said anything about you, and people were like, yeah, that tracks. Okay. You know? Fair enough. (laughs) Okay, like I said, you may or may not have gone to Spain for a while, but eventually you were forced to return to Paris. The popular story about you, again, that may or may not be true, may be legend. The story goes that the only position you could find was as a maid to the Countess Marino, who was apparently not a kind woman. After you saved up enough money to make the trip back to Paris, you got your revenge by pinning radishes to the back of the Countess's head without her knowledge. How the fuck? (laughs) She then went to a party where she was laughed at until someone informed her. When she returned home looking for revenge, you had already noped out. Ye old kick me sign. Mm hmm. And it's a fun story, even if it's not true. It kind of lets us just. It gives an idea of your legend at the time, you know? But yeah, if she's a ladies' maid, she was doing her hair. And that involves a lot. This is like the trickster goddess of debauchery and (laughs) love all combined, just rolled into one. We do know for sure that November of 1698, you were back in the Paris Opera, and the next seven years became the highlight of your career. You were given the position of diva after your after your predecessor retired. Okay. What followed was a whirlwind of fame and popularity. You were even invited to attend the king's hunts as sort of a way for him to show off. Uh, often, those like as a guest of honor, people wanted to be around you. People wanted like just to be within your orbit. Yeah, you know? same reason they use celebrities today for shit. Yeah, exactly, exactly. According to Encyclopedia.com, she's like the Logan sister of your. <laughs> I mean, yeah, kind and she's of. out here instead of boxing. She's like, I will fucking duel you. We yep. will just get the swords out, and I will fucking kill you. You, your three bodies <laughs> hitting on that chick. Fuck you. Pretty much, yeah. Okay, yeah. According to Encyclopedia.com... She killed it on YouTube, I'm just saying. You appeared in 20 operas, four ballets, two gala concerts, and played a total of 41 roles, and originated 25 of those roles. And for those who don't know what that means, it means you were the first person to play that role. Nice. Yeah. Breaking ground. 
Your career, however, was really something impressive. I do advise people to go look it up. I simply don't have the time here to cover it all. But the things you did and everything that happened were just... It, it was really innovative for the time. Uh, plus, a lot of it is technical and very different to go over and explain, especially for somebody who isn't in the music world, um, let alone the singing world. I, I could not give it justice, you know? Fair enough. And so that's why if you are interested um, and you do have, you know, an understanding, it's always better to go to the source. And people who are actually experts on something like this and could give you a better idea of just how prolific her career was. Wow. So please research it on your own. Like I said, it's very worth it, especially if you're a music lover or an opera lover. So anyway, you continued to be thoroughly saucy, which fed into your fame and infamy. You and your husband remember him <laughs> from oh, several yeah. pages back. Yeah, I uh, kind of forgot I had that, and yeah. I think she did too. <laughs> you did reconnect for a short time and spent some relatively happy times together until his death. He ignored your active sex life with people that were not him. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, just didn't seem to make a thing of it. So, well, there um, you go. You did get into a bit of a messy love triangle. A man named Jules de la Tour who himself was bisexual, became your lover. But he was also sleeping with Theronard, if you remember him, your traveling companion. Oh, wow. Who was no longer your lover at this point. You and Theronard got into an argument, and he made the very grave mistake of insulting you pub publicly. Oh, geez, yes. Yeah. That bitch will cut you for that. Yes. This resulted in you waiting outside the three theater every night for three weeks oh wow yeah <laughs> i was about to say that i wouldn't do that to her holy shit well he stayed locked in his dressing room because he was smart enough to realize that his skills at singing couldn't protect him from your sword no shit <laughs> you only forgave him after he wrote you a note apologizing and then making an apology in front of the whole company yeah yeah down on your knees motherfucker yeah. By the way, all of this were going on while you two were still performing opposite of each other on stage. Yeah. So, yeah. Professionalism. Mm hmm I imagine he ran back to his dressing room after every performance. No shit. <laughs> Last one out, first one back in. <sighs> uh-huh. And, of course, you couldn't ignore pompous windbags, so you continued to fight them when you found them. Hell, yeah. This included a man known as the Baron de Servan. He bragged about sleeping with a young dancer who was known to have a good and clean reputation. You overheard, and it pissed you off, uh, his attempts to ruin the young woman. So you called him out for his bullshit while once more dressed as a man. Then you literally called him out for a duel. You met the next day, and you beat him soundly, running your sword through his arm. That seems to be the way her duels go. She beats them soundly. Yep. He didn't realize that you were a woman. And afterwards, he fled back home to avoid the embarrassment and mocking from his peers. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was pretty looked down on that in that day and age. <sighs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I simply can't keep going on and on because uh, there are so many stories, <laughs> like so many. It's possible, too, uh, that you were more interested in just fighting than defending someone's honor. There's another story of you getting mad at your landlord for refusing to provide you with food, claiming it was not part of your lease with him <laughs> for him to provide you meals. So you threw mutton at him. I mean... As he fled. Throw food at him to demand food. Yeah. Well, leaving behind <coughs> his elderly cook, who was holding the spit the mutton was on. Oh, wow. Yeah. 
And in what was a pretty gross display, you, your female partner at the time, and three other people beat the woman to the floor, kicking and punching her. Oh, man. She had a real asshole streak. Yes, she did. The authorities intervened and took witness accounts of the event, but there's no record that charges were ever officially filed. Damn. Yeah. And like I said, I I simply just can't keep going on because there are so many stories. There are so many stories of things like this. Like, Mm. just... Over and over, fighting people, getting into shit. Things get really complicated. This is as close to, like, a complex Game of Thrones-like story that I think we've actually gotten. No shit. It is so fucking wild. Fucking is correct. Yes, a lot of that. Lots of wild fucking. A lot of that. (laughs) Oh, so I'll cut it short and summarize to what I can. On July 2nd of 1705, a female lover of yours who was rich and beautiful, a noblewoman, died suddenly of a two-day fever. This loss hit you harder than most because you left the stage after that and never went back. You left society writing to Albert, uh, the Duke's son, who was sent to the German army, Mm -hmm. and it's speculated you actually wanted him to try to talk you out of leaving society, but he didn't. He offered you support and claimed he would miss you, but nothing more. You turned to religion after that and actually tried joining a convent for real this time and tried to repent and pray. And apparently that's that's what the majority of the end of your life was. It's just a lot of like... Oh, I was a bad girl. Yeah, yeah. Um, so now it was just you trying to pray your way out of trouble, I guess. Yikes. Um, yeah. It's believed you died somewhere in November of 1707 though where you died and when you were buried or where you're buried is completely unknown and I couldn't find the cause of death. So that Tom is the wicked story of Julie Maupin, also known as Julie Diogni. Damn. Yeah. The bad bitch. The bad bitch, man. Damn. She was, uh, she lit a fucking convent on fire. (laughs) Rock star (laughs) behavior. Very, very. And it kind of gives you insight and like, Things don't really change as much as I think we like to believe. Like, yeah, you get one entitled kid that goes wild. wild. Yeah, you get a bunch of exceptions made. A king takes a liking to him, and then multiple times, multiple times, she got in trouble, and multiple times he was like, "Yeah, but she's fun." <laughs> that is, she's like my favorite wind-up toy. Just put her out there. Exactly. I just gotta see. It was like I guess you, they got bored. Like they didn't have TV back then, so that was as close to like reality TV as he had. Apparently, <laughs> ye old Kardashians. Right. Oh. Who's she fucking and who she's killing? I gotta know. <laughs> Dang. Oh. Man, that is a uh, enlightening story for. <laughs> I mean, it, they weren't eating cats or anything, but here we are. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you would like that one, though. Just, it's it's a wild fucking tale. Like I said, most of what we know about her is because of court documents. That is crazy. And um, a lot of, like, people that wrote about her or of her. And then, of course, her time in the opera is well documented on playbills, things like that. Right. So, yeah. Dang. So... I was out there just uh, fighting and a fucking yeah, no and singing. I, I say no wonder I spent the last parts of my days just please, please <laughs> forgive me, please. Yeah, kind oh, of that wow. thing of like, oh shit, man. <laughs> Sudden acts of contrition. Yeah. Holy mm. mackerel! Well, that was a fun episode. Yeah, I, I was, I was hoping. I thought you'd like that one. So, 
I'd say it'll be hopelessly out of Pride Month, but you know, yeah, everyone I know, Pride I Month. know. And the last one was supposed to be for Pride Month too, but I forgot that we're doing the the backlog and the lag so that there's a time, and I timed it badly. Ha. <laughs> That's all right. Like we say, you know, every month is Pride Month. Fuck it. Yeah. Oh. That's just fucking crazy and it, i do love how the timeline just butts up against last week's mm-hmm. like right when she was going out the frederick the great was coming yeah, in, coming in. Mm-hmm. and you know she did france and germany and then prussia being right next door to that and yeah you can see that that time of the world that that place the what was happening and mm-hmm. it seems like there was at least a few more free people when your dad wasn't killing your boyfriend Right. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. It. I. I just the how wild it was to be able to live like that in the time she lived, mm-hmm. as big and as loud and as bold and as brassy as she was, and not a saint by any stretch. No. By any means, I'm not fully convinced that the reason she confronted men like that wasn't just because she wanted to fight. You know, just, I, yeah. I don't know so much about protecting the honor of other women as it was about, ooh, this is an excuse, you yeah. know, just any reason to, to yeah. swashbuckle. Exactly. To show off, to remind, you know, people that, you know, don't fuck around and find out with me, you know, <laughs> right. I'm acting on stage, but we can go outside and get real, real if you want to. Exactly. Jeez. Yeah. And like I said, she was small. She was petite. Mm hmm. So... <laughs> what is it that you always say about like what is it you said you said it to mom once and I was dying and you're like was it short people are closer to the devil or or closer to hell I, I'm sure <laughs> at some point <laughs> something like that but it was hilarious <laughs> I Amanda's of below average so height tiny. <laughs> so short jokes with me are fairly ubiquitous i run through them pretty quick too yeah yeah <laughs> i do remember like when you guys first got together and you guys were living in a tiny apartment that had like really high ceilings mm-hmm. and really tall cabinets and i remember you being like like her coming home once and you and i were hanging out playing video games and she was going to make dinner and all I hear is, damn it, Tom, because you moved everything you knew she would need to dinner for the to the top shelf. So yeah. And reach it. Yeah. You got to see if they're going to stick with you for the long term. <laughs> so you got to have that real fun in the beginning right, just to find right. out. So. <laughs> Torture your partner so they need you to love them more. <laughs> you, you just got to know, like, are you going to be able to take the jokes that are going to be coming the more comfortable I get? Well, let's mm-hmm. start out by putting everything on the top shelf and see where it goes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. She had her own tests. Yeah. I'm sure. You, you don't move in with somebody without testing them first. Mm-mm. Do they put down the toilet seat? Well, check, check. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. And I feel like I I never liked the idea like of not living with someone before you marry them because... Like, the first year of marriage is the hardest anyway, but mm-hmm. then you're also learning, like, oh, God, he chews like that, you know? Or <sighs> shit like that, and he's like, oh, God, she leaves her hair in the shower, you know? It's going to be, you know, it's it, those little things are going to add just little stressors, and it's like, I... It, you I know. stick a Wookiee to the wall every time I get in the shower. I don't want to <laughs> even hear anybody's complaints. 
Oh, you don't want to be standing in ankle deep water? Yeah, better clean the hair out. <laughs> Amanda has amazingly thick hair. Just like thick. Yeah. It is abundant. Mine is two, which is partially one of the reasons why I like my mohawk so much is like the sides of my head are, are shaved. It's like a good percentage so, of the hair is gone. <laughs> it's so much cooler. It feels so much better. I bet. Like I it's not a rebellious statement as much as it is. I just am hot all the fucking time. It's like okay? rolling down the windows. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but with hair. <laughs> Look, a bitch is hot. I don't know what to do. Like, you know, I get it. I shave my head for the same reason. Yeah. Although I do get now why guys get so bothered when the hair around your ear starts to grow. Because, like, it, you feel it. It feels weird. At a certain length, it stops bugging you. But until it gets there, it's a pain in the ass. Yeah. Yep. I used to have long hair. Like, the middle school, early high school days, I had super long hair. Mm. Just nose length and all the way around. Yeah, sort of like Aiden's is now. Yeah, something yeah. like that. But yeah. he likes to wear his hair long too, and he's got like just impossibly dense and thick hair. Like it, it's wild. I've got to get like in his hair because he's a teenage boy. He doesn't give a shit, you know. Yeah. So it's super dry, and now he wants to dye it and things like that. And I'm like, look. I will help you dye your hair, but here's the condition. You have to take care of it. Yeah, we can't have it just breaking off and falling out. Exactly. So you actually have to use conditioner now. <laughs> and he's like, fine. But he's been doing it. It's been slowly getting better. Um, and every now and then we do like protein masks and hair masks and things like that to kind of help. And it, it's helped a little bit, but his hair is just crazy dense. <laughs> like, <sighs> wild. Well, bless him. Hopefully it stays that way. Oh, I'm sure. Well, Scotty's is still very much that way. So. Fair enough. And it's, yeah, it's very dense, very thick, and it's coarse, too. Hmm. Both of them have coarser hair, so. Sounds like a horse at this point. <laughs> it does going to sound like, oh, my God. <laughs> I would say they are a herd or a family. <laughs> oh. oh, man. Oh. oh, well, this has been a fun experience. Yeah, it was a good, good episode. And like I said, it was a good story, I felt like. It was just, it's just a good story. Right. You know? And not just, like, from the historical perspective of she lived and she was here and she was fucking wild, but it's just an interesting tale, you know? Somebody who was way ahead of their time in, in many ways and made no apologies and... You know, well, up until the end when she was right. trying to get into heaven. Just but <laughs> begging for forgiveness every day. I'm so sorry about that nunnery. I'm so sorry about that convent. Oh, I'm God. So I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I beat that old lady uh, <laughs> over mutton. <laughs> holy shit. Wasn't even a good meal. It was fucking mutton. <laughs> that is funny. That is funny. Uh, oh, man. Well, yeah. I mean. Uh, and another uh, medieval, actually, it's not even medieval, it's a no. revolutionary, whatever. 1600s, 17th century, so. <sighs> it's still so long ago, too. Mm-hmm. But, st- yeah. Oh, yeah, it was a wildly long time for, ago. For these people to live as far outside the norm as they all did is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I, th- I always found it interesting, too, though, that, like, Again, it kind of goes back to the thing where she was primarily raised by males. Right. So she got the same education, you know, 
something she probably wouldn't have gotten otherwise. Right. Well, I, that and it, it probably gave her that early male mindset, which is why, like, she wanted to fight. And mm-hmm. who knows? Prove herself. Machismo yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but I, I think in part, too, like, I wonder if it was, like, because he wanted her to be educated or if he just needed somewhere to put her while he was working. Because he did have a job. The guy had shit to do. True. So, but the we do know that the swords thing, like, teaching her the sword was like his thing with her right so that was his playing catch yeah pretty much they're bonding yeah so i mean it worked he did a damn fine job apparently yeah she couldn't she was damn near unstoppable i say masashi of france Mm -hmm. and that and that was the interesting thing too because in all my research i never found a case of her losing nice like I, I don't I don't know that I mean that's not to say that she never did it's just to say that I couldn't find any right anything any good documentation of her catching an ass weapon yeah yeah it was it always seemed to be her like getting in people's faces and then being like fuck you <laughs> it worked out for her. it worked yeah yep oh, and I, I mean I think everybody loves like the stories of um, assholes getting their comeuppance yeah yeah I mean my favorite videos are people getting tased. <laughs> For one reason or the other, like, oh, it's so much fun. Like, I'll fucking kill you. Or not. <laughs> oh. Okay, but to be fair, that looks awful. Oh, it is. I've been tased. Have you really? Yeah. Shit, when? So, long story short, uh-huh. a friend who was training to become an officer. Uh-huh. Well, I, he made it, but, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, he was issued a taser. Uh-huh. And you get so many charges and you get to use them. And he was fresh off of training. And oh, God. We just got shot in the back with the taser. It was fun. <laughs> I, I got shot in the back, but I also got like the where they just squeeze it and hit you with a direct contact. Yeah. Yeah, it was stupid. Oh, God. Okay. So for a while outside the shop, we had a, we had a bar there. Things got fucking wild that mm-hmm. were our neighbors. And it was nothing unusual for me to have to, like, I had to go in early to clean the outside of the shop because the partiers from the night before left a mess for us every time. Yeah, And if you're that asshole or that kind of asshole, fuck you. Go (laughs) fuck your face with a cactus because you were the worst kind of human. So... (laughs) From the dark depths (laughs) of the wicked side. I I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. That is awful. But one night I was cleaning stuff up and... There was these long, like, lines that I kept, like, like, kept getting mixed in with things. And I'm like, what the fuck are these? So I just kept pulling, kept pulling until I found the end where there was a little prong. And I'm like, oh, it's a fucking taser. Oh. (laughs) Somebody had too much fun last night. And was responded to. Yeah. So, and uh, they just Uh. left it there. Oh, that's fun. I've been maced, too. I know what Have that's you? like. Yeah. Oh. Under the same circumstances. One friend to another. Yeah. Yeah. I know. That is one. Like, tasing, I could, like... Okay. I would do. Just to say I've done it. But that is not something I would do. It's Macing like a, is... No. It's like an instantaneous body cramp. I remember... Um, there's a video going online of like a group of friends who were like, they're like, okay, we're going to make an internet video. So they bear maced themselves in the face. Oh, uh, and we didn't do bear mace. It was just like, yeah, that 
you know, in your mom's purse maze. Yeah, well, the the last half of the video is the mom, like, you guys are fucking dumbasses as she's, like, caring for them and, like, pouring milk in their eyes and trying to, like, help all this group of teenage boys. Yeah. She's trying to be, like, you, like, a whole time. She's, like, you dumb motherfucker. Like, she's mad. I just got to imagine. Blame her. I just got to imagine it was a line of them and there was one guy spraying and he just That's hit them exactly all. That's exactly what it was. That's exactly and, what and it was. And as the dude who did it, he was probably like, okay, I'm going to film and I'm going to spray. Yeah, well, they all got hurt, though, because of wind. So, uh, like, everybody, everybody involved was hurting. Uh, it's like, yeah, stupidity should be painful. Yeah. I'm, I'm a firm believer in that. Yeah. And that was stupid. <laughs> that That is a definite, uh, I'm glad nobody got hurt permanently. Yes. But you deserved every moment of that. Exactly. You deserve the owie. <laughs> No the mom damage. did not deserve that. The mom did not, no. And she was big mad, and I do not blame her at all. Uh, I bet you that gets brought up every holiday. Oh, God. <laughs> you yeah. remember that time when Johnny and his friends maced themselves? <laughs> yeah. And then mom goes off about it again. I need another glass of wine. Fuck you. Uh. You know, though, that she's just waiting for the day that he has kids. And then he's yelling at them and scolding Uh. them. And she's like, oh, wait, do you guys want to hear something stupid your dad did? Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Here, we have video evidence of it. Let me take the wind out of your sails real (laughs) quick. Exactly. Watch your dad who is trying to lecture you be stupid. (laughs) Let me show you what it's like to be a kid. Oh, God. Oh, God. I still even like um like on my Facebook I still have videos of us. Oh yeah. Yeah. From like back in the day. <sighs> I think I have one of um you, me and uh Amanda and my ex husband. Oh yeah? Yeah, in um uh at the Chinese place we always used to go to. Okay. Yeah, no, China House and, right up the road. Yeah, yeah, you and you were you were making fun of him for his hair because it was it was just bad. <laughs> He had not bothered to brush it, and it looked terrible. Fair enough. And that was the whole video, is you basically shitting on him for his messy hair. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's, it's that restaurant's half the reason I moved to this town. I'm oh, not kidding. It's so good. I'm very much not kidding. Yeah. It is weird, though, because, like, we went when I was in college. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they have, um, when I went, their daughter would always sit at a little table off to the side. There's two of them. Doing... And I'm watching them grow up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm going to say. And then the last time I was in there, they were both there and like, like young women. And I'm like, I... no, I don't like this. I one feel of old. Them, one of them is an adult and the other one is very close. But I, I oh, feel man. you because not only that, but like one of my boss's daughters went to school mm-hmm. with the oldest. And yeah. that's, that's what I saw. I mean, going in there with you guys, starting when I came back to town. Yeah. And then to now, it's just like, it's so funny. Because I remember when they answered the phones when they were little kids. Doing their yeah. homework at the table. Like, it was, It's so funny. But it's such a mom and pop shop. And I, when I, I mean that in the most yeah. sincere and They're Andy very, Warhol type. Very nice people. Like, or wait, what's the, who's the down home artist with the you know the guy who did the pitchfork and the lady oh that is not Andy Warhol yeah that's right that's why yeah he's the soup cannons yeah he's the the pop artist I could not tell you I should know that yeah you should artist I I don't but anyway yeah it's that super slice of Americana I fucking love them yeah oh and I know when the the dad doesn't cook because it's not as delicious 
that dad really does just fucking hammer that kitchen. Oh my god, um, their lo mein is the best. Yeah, oh. that's a good food. It's damn it, now I want it. Uh, <laughs> I'm always down for China House. Yeah. Yep. I think good. we had it last week. We we frequented. Yeah. Oh, I imagine. It used to be. I more. would too if I lived around here, you know. It used to be more, and then Amanda was like, "I want to eat healthy. I want to be look out for myself." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, being that I'm no longer in college and I no longer have that metabolism, I've you know, I miss that. <sighs> <laughs> I miss I miss getting drunk and then like waking up the next day and eating something greasy and then being fine, because yeah. that is not the case now. <laughs> you know, I just it, I can do it. It just takes a lot more prep. It just doesn't happen. It's yeah. like I gotta have the water and the Gatorade and I gotta like watch my water intake while I'm drinking. Mm-hmm. And, oh, it's so I have to pay attention so much more i have to actually watch the controls of the machine yeah whereas like at 21 i was just like drink it all fuck it we'll exactly. see you in the morning because you think you're invincible you're up at the ass you, crack of dawn you think you're invincible <laughs> at that age and you you have no concept well dude that sun like comes through the window and mm-hmm. you're like Puh. okay we're up then you, you, <laughs> you sling yourself out of bed and back then it was the the leftovers from the um Brake truck business. Oh yeah. Oh, we get up and have that. Mm. Yeah, yeah, because that's yeah, because every night they like anything that was like, because um, you couldn't resell it. So yeah. I don't know if anybody's ever worked in that business or any of our listeners. Um, yeah, for the brake trucks, at the end of the day, we took all the food. Most of it got donated, actually, which was something I did admire about the company. Um, most of it got donated to the local shelters. Yeah. And they would come and they would pick it up, but we would. They told us if you want anything, take it. You know. Right. It's either going to get thrown away or donated. So if you're struggling and you need it, take it. And, um, I, yeah, I was a 20-something, so of course I was broke as shit. Yeah. So, yeah. I, free I, pre-cooked meals. That was, that was sometimes the only way I ate. Oh, my. Ugh, so fatty's hanging out. Sorry, guys. <laughs> but uh. then, yeah, I would bring stuff home, and then, like, everybody always knew I had some, some shit in my fridge. So people would come over and be like, hey, can I eat this? Yeah. I don't yep, care. Please do. <laughs> I will get more tomorrow. <laughs> Oh, I used to love that. Yeah. It was not healthy by any stretch, but... It, it, it made calories. That's what it did. Yeah. It kept a bunch of broke 20-somethings from starving. Yeah. Broke and possibly hungover. <laughs> hey, why spend the money on food when you spend it on booze? Yes. Oh, God. I do remember um, the shitty apartment that I lived in for a while yeah. with my ex-husband. And, like, I think it was my birthday, and I got trashed drunk. And we were on the balcony, mm-hmm. and I was I was just I, w- I get so loud sometimes when I'm drunk. I'm better about it now, but when it's I was a younger, I didn't thing. give a fuck. Don't worry. Yeah, oh, we all do it. Yeah, but I remember the guy that lived upstairs, who was also very drunk, came out to yell at us for being drunk and loud. <laughs> it was very funny. <laughs> well, he was upstairs being drunk and loud. <laughs> we're sitting there doing shots of Southern Comfort and playing Mario Kart. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it really was. It was a it was a good time. It was a good time to to uh We were broke, but it was a great time. Oh god, yeah, we were so broke. We were broke as fuck, man. There's uh, so many there's so many little things though I remember from that time that like I wouldn't trade. We had a lot of fun. Um I remember like oh, we bowling while we were drunk. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah my friend uh, my friend Ashley, she <laughs> <laughs> she was so drunk she kept getting like freaked out so the 
whatever like she would miss throw and the ball would like come back toward the screen and then ash would freak out and like shield herself like it was gonna come at her and we were like it was pretty fun we're like sweetie you're gonna be fine you're you're gonna be just fine it like i guess when i stand up it wants to pause yeah it wants you to get up and look at it and do nothing (laughs) and then it'll continue again so anyway oh we got somebody else too hi I was say, right when we're about to yeah. edit out. <laughs> so thank you guys um, for joining. So. But, yeah, I think that wraps everything up. So we're going to go ahead and I'm, uh, I'm going to go ahead and give our social medias a shout out. You can find us on Instagram where we're most active. For those that are watching the live, duh. So, <laughs> um, And then, of course, you can find us on Twitter and you can find us on Facebook where I did actually change the name. So it is finally the Wicked Side on, on Facebook. It only took, what, almost a year and a half? I'm really glad you finally <laughs> showed some dedication to this podcast. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> Fight you. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for joining us. We appreciate any new listeners coming in. We appreciate any returning listeners. And again, we are very grateful to the paranormal podcasting community. You guys are great. Um, we always appreciate the support and and the warmth and the, um, just welcome that we get. It's, it's really wonderful. It's really appreciated. And, uh, yeah. So we will, uh, see you guys on the other side. See ya. (laughs) 